Hello and welcome to the Sincere Yogi Podcast, a podcast for yogis just like you who are seeking more from their yoga practice that you can't get in your average studio class. My name is Sarah and I'll be your host. Hello and welcome back to season two of the Sincere Yogi podcast discussing all things yoga asana. Now, last week's episode, we talked about Patabi Joyce and the Ashtanga yoga method. This week, we're going to continue that conversation about Ashtanga yoga, and I know I'm a little biased. That's because I personally practice Ashtanga yoga. I just so happen to know more about Ashtanga than I do about some of the other styles of practice. And as this season progresses, I may or may not have one or two episodes dedicated to other styles of yoga asana that I'm very familiar with. So I'll try to not be too biased towards my favorites, but I also like to share this information because it's all just helpful to know for you so that you can decide what style of yoga is right for you. So any way that I can help inform you and and help make that process easier is what I seek to do on this podcast and with the content that I provide in these spaces. Now, I'm actually re-recording this podcast, speaking of content, so it's a little late by the time you all get it. There was a lot that I babbled on about in the last podcast episode, and as I was editing, I edited about half of the episode. It was over an hour long. It was halfway edited, and there was so much background noise because of where I live that I was getting so distracted. There was so much babbling to edit through that I was like, you know what? I'm just going to re-record it. It's already late. I would rather be a little bit more concise and make everything flow a little easier for all of you. So I hope that I achieve that in this episode, but Like I said, once you get me talking about Ashtanga yoga or yoga in general and anything cat related, it's really hard to get me to stop. But before we dive in, I want to thank you for listening. I know I have a lot of friends, a lot of fellow teachers, a lot of students that I know who listen. If you've ever downloaded an episode, left it a rating, any way that you might have ever interacted with any piece of content that I put out, thank you so much because all of that means a lot to small creators and small businesses really as a yoga instructor. It's good to get that feedback that what I'm doing is being well received. So as always, I encourage any type of feedback, any type of reaching out. My messages are always open. I love having conversations with you, so don't be shy. You can find me on Instagram, YouTube, sometimes on TikTok. So I'm in a lot of places and that's just so that I can make those connections with all of you. And with that being said, I am also so incredibly honored, humbled, excited. I don't even know what the right word is. 
all of those things in one in regards to my new subtle body course on Insight Timer. Within the span of two weeks, a little over two weeks now, I have over 250 students in my new Insight Timer course regarding the subtle body systems. I created this course as a way to kind of coincide what we were talking about here on the podcast with Yoga Asana, but take it a little deeper to all of the various nuanced layers of the physical practice of yoga. So in that subtle body course, I discuss things like the yoga koshas, the layers of your body. I discuss what nadis and prana are in detail. We talk about marma points. We talk about chakras. It's a part theory, part practice course. The first theory portion is very similar to a podcast, very informative, but also I try to make it conversational. And then the second portion is putting that theory into practice with tools such as yoga nidra, guided meditation, and pranayama. So the course is free if you are an Insight Timer Plus member. If you are not an Insight Timer Plus member, I believe the course is $20, $19.99. So up to you if you want to pay for that membership. If you pay for a membership, every course and premium audio track, plus a ton of other features, come along with the membership. So you would get every course you ever wanted to take on Insight Timer for free. Now, if you've already signed up for the course, if you're already in the course, thank you so much for your support. I hope that you enjoy this information. And if you do, please consider leaving a rating, leaving a review. Everything just helps me as a yoga teacher and allows me to continue to show up in this space and do what I do. Before I get too sappy and before I discuss an entire podcast about my gratitude, let's dive into some Ashtanga yoga myths. Now, if you don't know what Ashtanga yoga is, if you didn't listen to the last episode, you might want to go back and tune on in so that you can have a greater understanding of what we'll be talking about on this episode. Now, myth number one of Ashtanga yoga is that Ashtanga yoga is not for beginners. This is simply not true. While Ashtanga yoga is a strength-based dynamic practice, the way that the primary series is sequenced is very foundational, especially within the first few postures. The sun salutations and standing postures are all very beginner-friendly movements that can be very easily modified, making them incredibly accessible to a whole host of practices, not just people. So you'll see some of these asanas, some of these movements in classes like vinyasa classes, maybe even hatha classes, slow flows, power yoga, and we'll get into that when we get into those episodes. But the way that Ashtanga yoga is taught in a Mysore style setting is very much so personalized to the student's needs. And because beginners don't know the series, the primary series, it takes a while to even just learn the sequence of postures. So if you go to a Mysore class as a beginner, realistically, you'll be working through the sun salutations and standing postures for a little while before you get to the seated series. 
Even if you understand and grasp the asana pretty quickly, the memorization, the stamina, the breath, that all needs to build up over time in order to get to some of those more dynamic advanced movements. So by the time you're ready to learn those dynamic advanced movements, you've already built that strength and stamina in order to move into the more challenging postures that may make it seem like Ashtanga yoga is not for beginners. Now, this leads us into myth number two, and myth number two is if you are new to Ashtanga yoga, you should start off with a guided class. Please don't do this. If you are new to Ashtanga yoga, trust me, I know it's intimidating to go to a Mysore class, but you will have a much easier time in a Mysore style class than you will in a guided sequence, especially if you're new to yoga in general. Now, there's guided primaries, and then there's guided intermediate sequences, and most studios will have a prerequisite for the intermediate-led class. However, if they don't, now you know that you should definitely not go to a guided intermediate or guided second series class if you've never done Ashtanga or if you've never done yoga before. A guided class is intended for students who already know the series through their Mysore practice. In a guided class, the teacher will be going through the sequence at a faster pace, and there's not as much cueing of postures, and there's not as much personal assistance that they can provide to you in the same way that they can provide in Mysore. Now, my sore is intimidating because if you don't know the sequence, you're like, what am I supposed to do? Do I just show up and do my own thing? And that's why they go to a my sore style class in order to learn the postures. Now, I know how intimidating it can be to be the new person in a classroom. And let me tell you that every single person you see in that Mysore class knows exactly how you feel, including the teacher, because they've all had to have their first Mysore class. So don't be shy and don't feel embarrassed if you don't know what you're doing. If you did know what you were doing, then there would be no need for the teacher to be there. The way an Ashtanga Mysore style class is set up is through a time block. So usually somewhere between 6 or 7 in the morning to 10, 11 o'clock, mid-afternoon. The student can come in anytime during that time block as long as they can finish their respective series or sequence before the time the class ends. Because students are working at their own pace with their own breath and their own series, not only does it make it a much more internal, personalized experience in general on the yoga mat, but this also gives the student an opportunity to really take their time with challenging postures and new postures they may get from their teacher. A teacher in a Mysore class will walk around and offer hands-on adjustments, provide demos, modifications, 
and talk to students about any troubles they may be having with a posture or their breath or whatever on their yoga mat. So you get a much more personalized, hands-on experience. It's almost like a group private, especially if you're practicing at a smaller studio that can only really hold 10 to 15 people. You get a lot more individualized attention. This makes Ashtanga yoga the perfect place for a beginner to learn whether that person goes on to practice Ashtanga yoga or not. So even if all you ever did was go to a Mysore style class to learn the sun salutations and the standing sequence, as a total beginner to yoga, you would have a stronger foundation and a much easier time going to a guided or led class of any kind, such as hatha, vinyasa, even Bikram yoga, having that individualized instruction and a true breakdown of the postures before going at a faster pace or before going to a group class like that is really going to make your experience a lot smoother and a lot easier to grasp overall. Now, of course, it's intimidating as a beginner because you're like, well, I don't know the series. Should I look into the series and try to memorize it first on my own before going? And I would say probably not. It's okay to look into it if you want to know what you're going to be learning within the first few days. But your very first class, the teacher will most likely teach you the sun salutations and the first six, maybe ten postures of the standing sequence. After that, you'll probably learn the last three seated postures before you head into Shavasana. When you come in the next time, you'll just start on your own with the sun salutations. And if you forget, if you make a mistake or get lost along the way, you can always ask the teacher what comes next if they didn't already catch you and tell you anyway. And after that memorization starts to happen, after there's a level of proficiency within a posture, and we'll get to that, that's when you will start to learn the next few postures. Now, if you're learning standing sequence, if you're learning primary series, you might learn the postures in groups because a lot of the postures have a variation A and B. Marichasana, there's four variations up to D in primary series. So a lot of the first half of primary series will start to happen pretty quickly once you kind of get the gears turning. Then when you start to get to the harder postures, that's when you really get to learn a posture, focus in, and really sit with that posture for quite a while before you move on to the next one. And there's a lot to be said for that discovery process and that time you spend figuring it all out. That leads us into our third myth, and that's that you have to practice a posture perfectly before moving on to the next. That's just simply not true in my experience, although I have heard of others who have a much more strict teacher in that regard. The idea of perfection in a posture, A, is subjective to the teacher, to the practitioner. It also does not really leave room for the modification aspect of yoga asana. Even in Ashtanga yoga, there's modifications for postures, especially things like the binds or deep backbends when we start to get to second series. 
all of these modifications are stepping stones to your deepest expression. There's a lot of different factors such as anatomy, physical illness or physical health, and able-bodied, how able-bodied you may or may not be. All of these things can affect a person's asana practice. It just means that everybody's deepest expression of a posture is going to look different. And even those who do go very deep, very far in a posture, practice looks different day to day. And sometimes a bind just simply isn't there or a backbend just is stiff and we can't move as deeply. And that's very normal despite what you may see on social media and and how you may have seen Ashtanga yoga portrayed. Oftentimes what I hear teachers looking for is three major things. What is the student's stamina up until this point? Is the student hitting certain mile markers of the posture to the point where I know they have an understanding of the posture and to the point where I know because of those mile markers of strength and mobility, they can do the next posture in the series? And then finally, What is the student's breath like within the posture? What is their gaze like? Are they distracted? Is their breathing labored? Are they a little panicky? All of those factors can tell a teacher whether or not a student is ready to move on to the next posture. Now, I could go on forever with myths, but in an effort to keep it short and sweet, I'm going to offer you a few resources that you can use in order to better understand and learn the practice of Ashtanga yoga. Because I did not have an Ashtanga yoga teacher when I first started my practice. So I had to refer to books and blogs and YouTube in order to learn the primary series And I recognize that even if you do have access to teachers, even if there is an Ashtanga yoga studio, that doesn't mean that you can always make it into the studio. So I want you to feel empowered to continue your own home practice of Ashtanga yoga because one of the beautiful things about having an Ashtanga yoga practice is that once you learn the series, you can take that with you wherever you go. And most practitioners, even if they do make an effort to make it into the studio as often as possible, will still have a solid home practice on the days that they can't practice with their fellow peers and teachers. Now, I'm not getting paid to advertise for these resources. These are resources that I have used and that I absolutely love. Some of them, like the books, are going to be Amazon affiliate links. So that just means that if you go to Amazon through that link and you buy one of these books or any other eligible product, then I will receive a small portion of that sale as a commission. It's no extra cost to the consumer. It's just a way for small creators and, in my case, a yoga teacher to make a little bit of money for things like blogging, podcast, YouTube. So if you've ever bought 
from an affiliate link from a creator. Let me tell you on behalf of all of us, especially the small creators, thank you so much for supporting what we do in this space and in my case, supporting the podcast. Now, the first book I recommend is David Swenson's Ashtanga Yoga Manual. Now, David Swenson is one of the original Ashtangis that went to Mysore, India with his teacher, David Williams, in order to learn the Ashtanga Yoga methodology. He then, in turn, came back to the States, taught workshops, classes, wrote a book, the Ashtanga Yoga Manual, and continues to teach to this day. In fact, I've actually had the opportunity to take a few workshops with him and his wife, Shelly, over the years, and they both have such a lighthearted, fun approach to the Ashtanga practice. So it's been such a joy to have that opportunity. Now, the reason I always recommend his manual and his book is because his Ashtanga Yoga manual has both the primary series and the second series of Ashtanga Yoga. Now, I don't think there's much of a difference in the classical approach to primary and second series as opposed to the more modern approach. There's a few different counts of asana, but I believe for the most part that the postures are all the same. So whether or not your teacher is a more classical practitioner or a more modern practitioner really shouldn't matter for the first few sequences. Now, the second book I recommend is Sacred Fire by Kino McGregor. Kino McGregor is an accomplished Ashtanga yoga teacher who has taught workshops and trainings all across the globe, but Sacred Fire, I believe, was the first book she ever published. Now, Sacred Fire is more of a memoir. It's Kino's personal journey with Ashtanga yoga, but there's tons of rich information and deep insights that you can pull from her experiences. It's also really cool in general to read about people's journeys who practiced with Patabi Joyce. And Kino is one of the few yogis who has had the opportunity to practice with Patabi Joyce for a few years before he passed. So she's been around in terms of Ashtanga yoga for quite some time. And to read her story, she was very much so a beginner to yoga. She was not a gymnast. She was not this big athlete. So there was a lot that she came across, a lot of challenges on her mat that are incredibly relatable. And then to see her practice now is also incredibly inspiring. So if you're new to yoga, if you're hesitant, if you're not sure if Ashtanga yoga is for you, I highly recommend reading Kino McGregor's book. And I will link the Ashtanga yoga manual and Kino McGregor's book below. And I also want to give you one other resource, and that is Om Stars, which is a yoga streaming platform. So there are live classes, but also a whole host of recorded classes and workshops and trainings in regards to Ashtanga yoga. Kino is the founder of Om Stars. I don't know if she's the owner or CEO. I would have to look into that. I'm clearly not getting paid to advertise for this because I should know if I was, but OMSTARS is just a really great resource, especially if you don't have an Ashtanga yoga teacher or studio to practice at, but you want to learn. And David Swenson has his whole repertoire of Ashtanga yoga videos. 
his original videos that he used to sell on DVD, you can now buy his package of original videos on OMSTARS as well. So it's cool to see that full circle of the original Ashtanga yoga teachers in the West and some of the more accomplished Ashtanga yoga teachers now meet together and collaborate through OMSTARS. So it really is a plethora of information, but if you want something a little more accessible, Kino Yoga also has a YouTube channel. So go ahead and check it out. These are all great resources that can help you dispel some of these myths about Ashtanga Yoga, maybe get over some of that initial fear or anxiety about stepping into your first Mysore class. I do actually have a blog post that I will also link below that provides you with tips to attending your first Ashtanga Yoga class. So you can always check that out. And lastly, before I go, thank you so much for being here, for supporting me in doing what I do. And if you enjoy the podcast, please leave it a rating, a review if you have, if you've done it in the past. Thank you so much. As I said, everything really helps. It's very gratifying for us who create the content, but it also helps us network and build connections within our own communities so that we can continue to grow as teachers. Thank you so much for joining me, and I can't wait for the next episode. I have a few different ideas of what style asana I want to do, but I'm not quite sure, so I'm not going to give it to you just yet. I guess that means you'll just have to wait and listen to the next episode when it comes out. Thank you for joining me on the Sincere Yogi Podcast. If you want to deepen your yoga and meditation practice, check out my workshops and masterclasses on the Playbook app or join my guided meditation series on Insight Timer. If you just want to stop by, say hi, and see what's up, you can find me at The Sincere Yogi on Instagram.